Welcome to Bonjour Bitch. My name is Charlotte and I'm many things, but most importantly for this podcast, I am multicultural and sometimes a bitch. We're going to talk about everything from relationships to daily life, all from a multicultural point of view. Each week, I'll be accompanied by the most amazing guests to delve further into topics that really affect us all. You'd better get ready for it, bitches. Hi, everybody. Welcome to today's episode. And today we'll be talking about the importance of self-care with the wonderful Laura Bartlett, entrepreneur, mentor and speaker. Hi, Laura. Yay. Welcome on to Bonjour Bitch. How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. We're pushing the social distancing to a max right now. I'm in Pimlico in London recording from home and Laura is in Bath, right? Yeah, I'm literally just here for one night only. Sounds like a show for one night (laughs) only. Laura Bartlett in Bath. The curtains go up in about half an hour. (laughs) I'm in hair and makeup as we speak. (laughs) Um, So listen, tell me a bit more about where your family originates from. So my family are both, my parents are Leeds born and bred. We are the most Yorkshire mixed race family probably in the world. But my dad's family are from the Caribbean. So they're from St. Kitts and Nevis tiny little islands in the Caribbean. I have a funny story actually about when I went for the first time, which we can touch on if you want. (laughs) Yeah, go for it. um, My dad's only ever been to St. Kitts once for his dad's funeral, my granddad's funeral. Um, And I actually went to Nevis for the first time a few years ago and I arrived, fell in love with the island. I felt like it was the most beautiful Caribbean island I'd ever seen. Uh, When I woke up on the second day, there were alarms going off and the minister on the radio saying we have to evacuate evacuate the island immediately because Hurricane Irma is about to destroy the island. But I'd been sent there by the tourism board and they didn't tell me that there was a potential that this hurricane was going to hit. I don't watch the news, so I didn't know. And I don't do research before I go somewhere because I just like to have an authentic experience. And so I said to them, well, you know, you've brought me out here. You need to get me home. But being a Caribbean island, they're very relaxed and laid back. So by the time they made a decision that we should leave, it was too late. The waters had risen so high that all the boats had been taken off the water. And that's how you get back. You have to get a boat to St. Kitts. And I was like, no, no, absolutely not. You need to do something to get me off this island. So they had to charter a very tiny little plane, which cost them £20,000 to fly me and my friend off of the island to avoid the hurricane and they flew us to Barbados. Actually on the way the plane almost failed and we emergency landed in Antigua and we were the last people in the airport with the cleaner because every all these relief planes had left um, but finally we made it to Barbados and I lived to tell the tale. So I only got to see my family's island for one day before the tourism board had to spend thousands and thousands of pounds for me to escape. Do you ever want to go back? I would love to go back. I would absolutely <laughs> love to, but I would make sure I check the news and the weather. I was going to say, check the news before you go next time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you learn things from different experiences and I've learned to always check the weather before I go anywhere now. Oh my God, that is crazy. That must have been quite scary as well, though. You know what? Um, I don't remember ever feeling scared at the time because just your adrenaline is such a buzz. It was yeah. all happening so quickly and I just... You know, I'd already sort of had a vision of myself landing in Barbados safely. So I knew I was going to be all right. And I wanted to be calm for my friend because if I was going to be erratic, then it wasn't going to help her. So Mm. 
it was all an adventure and I live to tell the tale. Um, so your dad is originally from St Kitts and Nevis. Yeah, well, he was born in Leeds, so his family okay. are from there. Um, he's like Leeds born and bred. And your mum? He's also Leeds born and bred, but her family are um, travellers, so gypsy travellers. They She doesn't oh really God. know much about where they're from or anything like that. Um, but I did do an ancestry DNA test a few years ago, and it told me 23% I was Irish. Yeah. And the other 50% was made up of different parts of Africa, Congo and places like that. Obviously, most people from the Caribbean originated from Africa. Uh, so that was interesting. So did your mum grow up as a traveller or was no, she? So her grandparents sort of grew up as travellers. So like proper travellers in like caravans and horse and carts and stuff like that. Like my granddad was a rag and bone man. Um, and then her parents were like the generation to like live in a house and stay in one place. And then okay, was like, they're nothing like that. <laughs> but all my cousins, for example, when I go to their weddings, you know, you've seen Big Fat Gypsy Wedding. It literally is like that, where the dress is absolutely Oh my God, I massive. love it. They have, you know, rows and rows of sports cars and it's a good day out, put it that oh way. Oh my God, I love it. I love it. My Big Fat Gypsy Wedding is one of the favourite things I watch on TV. I find it amazing. So tell me a little bit more about what you do professionally, because you've got your fingers in many pies, haven't you? Yeah, I guess the main pie is um, House of Coco, which is a luxury print travel magazine sold on the newsstands in London. Um, so that's a company that I started six years ago, next month. Oh my God, wow, that went quick. And it's, like I say, a print magazine, but it's the content's created by myself and Team Coco, which is the collective name of all of our team. There's 33 of us in total. And mm. we work with hotels and brands and tourism boards, traveling the world, creating content, living our best lives. That encourages our readers to go out and live their best lives too. I love it. And obviously not to fly to Nevis when there is a um, Definitely not. huge storm coming. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> did you write that up in the magazine or not? You know what? I actually never did because I was just so angry that they'd chosen to take me out there during a hurricane. So I never wrote about it. I can't believe they didn't warn you. Like they could have said it's your choice whether you'd like to come or not. Oh yeah, 100%. Had I been warned, if they'd have told me it's a 50-50 chance this is going to happen, I would have never ever have gone. So the fact that they didn't tell me and they knew, it was like they were playing God my life and so the fact that them having me out there for 24 hours cost them probably around 30,000 pounds you know it's a lesson for them to learn yeah exactly what motivated you to you know set up the magazine and then obviously you know I've seen that you're a speaker as well and that you're a mentor what motivated you to do all these different things um, well, I started the magazine because I actually, prior to this, had a failed company, uh, which was another magazine, which was a fashion magazine all about independent fashion designers. The long story short is it was a Leeds magazine. I went on Dragon's Den to launch it internationally. I got annihilated by Peter Jones. I went on to Proven Wrong. I launched the magazine all over the world. It sold out completely. I then was approached by The Clothes Show to be a media partner, my magazine Elle and Cosmopolitan. I should have made half a million quid. I made a fiver, the company went into liquidation and I got made bankrupt. So I sat in a coffee shop six years ago, bankrupt and broke. And I said to my friend, Penny, who's one of my really good friends and also part of the team, I'm gonna start again and I'm gonna launch a magazine, but this time it's gonna be about travel. And we're going to travel the world, creating content to inspire people to go out and live their best lives. And that's what I said 
six years ago and since then we've literally seen every corner of the globe we've worked with brands from the Shangri-La Hotel to Rolls-Royce being sponsored by Land Rover it's been crazy but on the on the back of that obviously people have hired me to speak at events around overcoming failure or you know starting a business from the ground up I've done this with no investment and then naturally I've just started mentoring people um I've been a mentor for NatWest for quite a while for their mentorship program I just think it's sort of a natural progression when you're sort of a business owner when you learn more you share more and this year's obviously been challenging for everyone um in different ways thank you covid what have you found to be the most challenging personally um i think i found the most challenging thing being at home so much because obviously i travel for a living and um you know it sounds like first world problems but i'm someone who's been abroad every month for the last probably 10 years I'm not used to being at home all the time. I have a home office, but I've never been in there more than two or three days a week. So to be in there seven days a week, um, in the beginning, I was like, this is so fun. It's so nice to be home all the time. And I was doing yoga and, you know, being that typical basic bitch, baking all the time <laughs> and making sourdough and going Did for- Did you make banana bread? I didn't make banana bread. I didn't want to be that basic. <laughs> I Googled it. I don't like bananas, so probably would have done if it was something else. Yeah, after a few weeks of that, I was like, oh, this is great. I'm thriving. I'm thriving. And then it was like, okay, I'm done now. And then once you got to sort of month two and we didn't know when it was going to end, I just think it's affected everybody's mental health in some aspect. For me, I found that I was scrolling my phone a lot more than usual. I was just constantly on my laptop. And then I just got really lazy. I just had to kind of give myself a bit of a kick up the arse. Yeah, I agree with you. I think for me, it's been a roller coaster of emotions. I think initially I felt trapped mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, fuck. And then got so busy. I literally went on Amazon, bought all the puzzles that were available, bought all the painting kits that were available. I also do embroidery. So I bought like 15 kits because I was like, I'm just going to make cushion covers for the next six months <laughs> and sort of kept myself overly busy for the next month doing stuff around the house which drove my husband insane because there was stuff everywhere and then I sort of gradually paired back and was like actually I'm going to enjoy having a nap today and I'm truly going to enjoy it and I'm going to enjoy watching this documentary that I've always wanted to watch and never had time to watch and take the dogs out for a longer walk and I feel there's roller coasters like some days are better some days are worse when it's pissing with rain like now, it's not that great. But yeah, it's it's been an interesting time, I think. Yeah, and none of us saw it coming. Like if somebody would have said to me a year ago, the government are going to put you in lockdown and you won't be allowed to leave your house apart from once a day, I'd be like, ha, oh, whatever. You know, it's like we're living in some kind of parallel universe. Yeah, totally, totally. But, but pl- you've you've been able to travel again, haven't you, a bit? Yeah, so um, I went to Ibiza a few weeks ago with London City Airport. They wanted to just show people that it's safe to travel again. And it was cool. Like, we were the only people in the airport. So there was no queues. Crazy. And the only thing that I didn't like was having to wear a mask at all times in Ibiza. So if you're in the street, you have to wear a mask. And obviously, it's so hot there. So apart from that, it was really nice to kind of get away. But I did feel like I'd probably wait a little bit longer until you don't have to wear a mask because it's just comfortable and so hot. Yeah, my husband went, so my husband is Spanish and he went back 
earlier this month to go and see his parents because he hadn't seen them since Christmas. And we bought his tickets like a week before he was due to fly out thinking, okay, there's no quarantine. There's nothing. He was supposed to fly out on the, well, he flew out on the Wednesday on the Saturday before is when they announced quarantine coming back from Spain. And he was torn. He was like, should I go? Should I not go? And I was like, look, go now because there might be a full closing of borders in a few months time. So he went and he did the full two week quarantine when he came back and he was just like, I'm not doing this again. He's like, oh. it's just because he also he was only there for four days to see his parents. But same thing. He was in Seville, height of summer, mask at all times. He came back with a whole rash on his face of having to wear it in the heat. Yeah, he was like, it's just not worth traveling at the moment. No, I, I, I've done a lot of travel around the UK in the last few weeks. I think I've been away probably three or four nights a week. Obviously, I'm, I'm away right now in Bath. I just think it's so important for us to support the economy as well. Like we need to yeah. make sure it stays on its feet and support sort of boutique brands and boutique hotels and stuff like that. That's nice. Where else have you been in the UK? Um, I was in London, Worcester, Manchester, Leeds. I've been everywhere. Are you going by train everywhere? Are you driving? I'm driving. So each trip is sponsored by a different car brand. So right now, Honda is sponsoring this trip. It just also means I'm not clocking up miles on my car. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I'm literally like the yes girl right now. I'm saying yes to everything because I never took it for granted before. But like the life that I'd created was just so unrealistic now when I think about it. Like getting an invite to travel to, I don't know, Barbados in two days time and coming back from there and flying off to Switzerland or whatever. Like now, any opportunity, I'm so, so even more grateful than I was before and just taking advantage of everything because you just never know if it's going to come to an end. Yeah. And I, th- I feel as if that's how we should live, but it's as if we forgot about that and we just took, well, that's normal. Yeah, of course you can jump on a flight anywhere, anytime. As much as like we were all grateful for things, sometimes we do take things for granted and we just think yeah. it's given. We never think it's going to be taken away from us. So if that's the only lesson we learn from all of this, then I think that's, that's a good thing. How has self-care changed your life? Yeah, I think it's so important. A couple of years ago, I had, I stayed at a hotel in Ireland with a friend and that weekend I'd had my work's Christmas party. I'd not really had any sleep. And I arrived at this hotel in Ireland and the hotel manager was giving us a tour as soon as we arrived. And I was really, really hot. I get really hot all the time, but I was like really hot. And I was with a friend that I've never traveled with before. And she was like, Laura, your lips sweating. Laura, your head sweating. And I was like, all right, all right. You know, in front of this manager, she's just making me feel really self-conscious. And we sat down to have afternoon tea. And all of a sudden, I got this wave of a feeling I've never, ever had in my life. And I jumped up, I pushed the chair back, and I screamed in the middle of this posh restaurant with all these people having afternoon tea, I'm dying, I'm dying. And I went to run outside. I, I was so hot. I needed fresh air. My mouth, I had like um, ulcers on my tongue. I couldn't swallow properly. And I literally thought I was dying. And I I could feel like my whole world ending. That's just how it felt. And the guy got me some water and I'm screaming, I'm dying, get me an ambulance, get me an ambulance. And then he went, you're having a panic attack. And I'm like, no, it's not a panic attack. I'm dying. Anyway, I, I finally calmed down and got in bed and slept. And it was a panic attack. But that's the first time I'd ever experienced it. And I've always felt like I'm somebody who's very in control of my mind and who I am as a person. And in that moment, I was completely out of control. 
and self-care before that was important to me but after that even more so you know making sure you're getting enough sleep you're not burning the candle at both ends and working on that constant hustle is not the way to go it's not cool to be hustling 24 7 yeah so yeah that changed my life and my perspective and self-care is a massive part of my daily routine now do you think self-care is now more on the radar because people have had time during lockdown to look after themselves and all of a sudden it's no longer like trendy to say oh my god I'm so busy I don't have time to do anything yeah I feel like being busy became a badge of honor now life's all about slowing down and we've all had that opportunity to focus on ourselves a little more but I do wonder how much that will continue when the world gets a bit back more to normality mm. so when people are back working in their offices and having to do the commute and stuff like that are they going to have that time to work on self-care a friend of mine used to spend an hour getting into work on a morning and due to covid hasn't had to go to work and in that hour on a morning she can go for a walk around the lake and do a yoga class and instead of the commute she's this new positive ball bundle of joy on a morning um and it's like as employers surely they should want that for the staff yeah interesting time really just to see how how things go back but I think people will have got used to this sort of self-care routine that they've probably created for themselves that they'll make sure they continue to implement it in their lives or at least Mm. I hope so anyway for a self-care beginner like myself what would be your top three tips um I mean you've got to do what feels right for you you know self-care is more than just bubble baths and bath bombs you know it's about looking after your mental health as well which one of the main things for me is turning my phone off. Don't be constantly available. Don't be constantly connected. Just turn it off, stick it in a drawer and have a few hours to yourself without it. I think sometimes, you know, when we wake up on a morning, you grab your phone, glue to it for emails and notifications and your day's run by everybody else. So make a conscious effort to make sure you're in control of your day. You're not letting the phone or the laptop or the emails rule your day. And then just find what works for you. You know, personally, I love being in nature. So going for walks and also making sure I don't have my phone on. Reading books by a lake. I like to be by the water. Just do what feels right for you. If you, if you were to write a list of things that make you happy, that list of things will be your self-care. Mm, I think that's a good tip. I've already started about nearly a year ago, the thing of actually switching my phone off. Mm-hmm. So now when I go to bed, I put it in airplane mode always. Yeah. So I'm like, nothing is urgent at that point that it needs to wake me up at night. 100%. Like I have a landline phone and only my parents and my brother have the number. And I'm like, only ever ring this if it's an emergency. Yeah. Phone might be off on a night and that phone never ever rings. But if they needed me, then they could get me there. Yeah, me it's only ever rung once and it was because my dad was in hospital and I was like, okay, fair enough. Yeah, that is that's, the, that's the one instance when you can use it. Yeah. But I remember when it did ring, I was like, oh my God, what has happened? <laughs> but I think it makes a huge difference. And now as well on weekends, like I will wake up, I'll have a quick check of my phone and if nothing's there that's urgent or anything, I'll just leave it at home and go out with a, without a phone. I know that it's first few times it was very weird because I was like, oh my God, I don't have a phone to take pictures, to do this, to do that, to check this information, Google this, Google that. I'm just like, I don't need it. Yeah, exactly. I didn't need it 30 years ago. And, you know, our parents didn't have this constantly and the world still went around. It was fine. 
exactly and they probably didn't impact their mental health with it um somebody asked me the other day where do you see yourself in five years time and my response was on a yacht in the middle of the sea without social media and no phone and that was it like i don't want to be constantly visible and constantly available i think it's shifting again now and i think lockdown has definitely made people think about themselves and they've been given time to self-reflect more than ever before and realize what actually does make them happy what are they grateful for and little things not necessarily big things how do you stay so positive i think just keeping things in perspective you know when people talk to me about being made bankrupt for example all those years ago they're like well how do you bounce back from that and it's like what's the alternative? Sit at home crying, like the damage is done, just crack on. But I'm still breathing, you know, just keep things in perspective. You have a shit day, but you're still breathing. Like you've still got air in your lungs and you've still got an opportunity to try again tomorrow. You know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows 24 seven. And I think that's the perception that people can get sometimes from Instagram, for example, you know, people are only showing the best parts of the life, which makes the viewer think that they're constantly happy and constantly on a high. Mm. The reality is no one's sharing the down days and the shit storms. Um, we should make that more of a norm just to share the real, the realness of behind the scenes. But yeah, keeping things in perspective, like when things go wrong, just focus on the things that have gone right. And if you're having a down day, you need to have a cry, have a down day and have a cry and then pick yourself up and crack on tomorrow. Just don't stay down for too long. You know, every every now and then I get to a point where I'm like, I'm just going to turn my phone off and I'm going to stay in bed and I'm going to binge Netflix and I'm going to order a pizza at 12 o'clock in the afternoon and I'm going to love life and I'm not going to feel bad about it. <laughs> Who is your biggest inspiration and that you look up to? Um, I guess I'd probably say my parents. They're just so cool. They are, you know, they came from nothing. Um, they've created a beautiful life. I've never wanted for nothing. They're so in love. They're so supportive. And, you know, they've been through shit. You know, my mum my obviously being from a travel background and my dad being black, you know, it was unheard of. Um, her family disowned her. And, you know, we used to get, terrible messages on our house phone calling you know the n-word and all this kind of thing um so they've been through the mill and they've come out the other side 35 years later stronger than ever so i guess i would definitely say they're my um biggest inspiration that's so sweet and my brother i love him he's my favorite person in the world <laughs> <laughs> just in case he listens to this so he doesn't feel left out <laughs> As a woman of mixed background, how have you felt this year in light of the Black Lives Matter movement and the growing conversation around this topic that is, let's face it, a much needed conversation that should have taken place and should have been taking place for years and that now has sort of grown dramatically? Yeah, I guess it's a shame that we were even in this position in the first place. I felt like as somebody who owns a platform that I had to say something. You know, I don't identify as a person of colour. I don't call myself that. I'm not a black woman. You know, I'm a mixed race woman. I've had very, very different experiences to black women. I've never felt uh, any form of racism. I've never felt like the colour of my skin has stopped me from getting opportunities. If anything, I think it's gotten me more. Um, but I, I made a stand on um, on the magazine page and sort of said, you know, 
even we could do better. You know, if you look through, uh, whilst we have a diverse team of contributors and writers, um, that actually doesn't portray very well in the pages of our magazine. And so we've made a conscious effort to make sure we're representing more black voices too. But I also don't feel like we should be going, oh, we're promoting this person because they're black and we shouldn't have different segments for black people. I think we should just have the same segments, but make sure it's diverse. Hmm. So we're just making more of a conscious effort to make sure we are working with, you know, epic content creators of, of all backgrounds, really, but making sure, you know, uh, black voices are represented too. Yeah, you don't either want it to slip into positive discrimination, like it did at one point for women, where it was like, oh, well, we need to tick a box here. So, yeah, exactly. Like, I want to do it because the person we're sharing is great at what they do, not because of the colour of the skin. Yeah. And there are amazing black content creators and they don't need to be highlighted because they're black. They're just amazing content creators, you know. I mean, I've grown up, you know, my dad's black and he's never really had racism. He's a painter and decorator, self-employed for 30 years. The only experiences he's had a few, are a few times going to someone's house to give them a price on a job and not getting a job. And he knows it's because he kind of got a feeling from them that it was because he was black. I didn't even know that I was, well, I wouldn't say different because he used to say I'm different, but it wasn't until I was 12 years old that we even had a conversation about the color of my skin because I didn't notice, you know, you're a kid. It doesn't matter. You're all the same. Yeah. And it's like, and then at what point then as innocent children, do we become judgmental and focus on the color of people's skin? We just need to take the world back to that innocence that we all had when we were kids. And I've grown up sort of saying, I don't see color. I don't see color because I never did as a kid. And even things like that are being taken as offense because then people are saying, but you should see our color. We want to be proud of it. But I'm like, well, I also have color, but the point was, I just see everybody as equals, as human beings, regardless of the color of their skin. Yeah. Um, so I've been learning a lot throughout this whole process as well. You know what? I hate labels. So these whole you know people of color and BAME you know black Asian minority ethnic uh labels I hate that I am not defined by the color of my skin I'm Laura Bartlett that is who I am I'm not a black woman I'm not a mixed race I'm just a woman you know I just think it would be great if we could all get to a place where we didn't define by the things mm. that we can control um, so yeah, I, I, I hate all the labels. I'm just Laura. <laughs> For one night only, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> what would be your biggest tips for a positive mindful and self-care centric 2021? Cause let's face it, 2020 has been written off. So continuing with self-care routines, writing that list of things that make you happy, write a list of things that you do every day compared to this adjust accordingly I just think we need to do more things that make us happy you know life's too short if we've learned nothing from 2020 life is too short you don't know what's around the corner you know don't waste your life hustling 24 7 or working yourself into the ground for someone else do what you love um do what makes you happy don't focus on the money focus on the happiness I think that's what 2021 should be all about love it It's time for the bitch fire round. Um, so now it's time for the bitch fire question round. Bum, bum, bum. 
Um, so I will give you the choice in between two options. Don't overthink it. Answer what comes first into your mind. So, dog or cat? Dog. Netflix or Prime? Netflix. Bath or shower? Bath. <laughs> because she's in bath. <laughs> <laughs> Here are we. Um, <laughs> ASOS or Zara? ASOS every freaking day. It's part of my morning routine. <laughs> on, I go on Just Arrivals every day. I've been on already. It's 12 o'clock. <laughs> and they sponsored you to say this or They need to. I wish they did, but no, they don't. It's the only place I shop. Can we get them listening to this episode, please? Exactly. Sweet or savoury? Savoury. Coffee or tea? Tea. Winter or summer? Winter. City or countryside? City. Oh, that's a hard one, actually. But city, yeah. Vintage or new? New. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Thank you so much, Laura. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today on Bourgeois Bitch. Um, Can you please remind us of your social media handles? Yeah, you can just get me Laura Bartlett Zero on everything. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Holla! Awesome. Well, thank you so much and take care and enjoy a bath. I hope the weather gets a bit better and I look forward to speaking to you soon. Thanks for having me. I'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye. Remember to tune in next Monday for a brand new episode and please rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. It really does help us out. We'll see you then. Au revoir, bitches. Bitches.